1: Just thinking about this match, and I'm standing and pacing it my like that
2: He's just Makazi now. He's not a okay, kid. So, so Makazi,
1: he's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, he's a, a boy. 10 he's year a man. Leader. He's a man. Man
2: Are you
1: He got PWS superstar by him. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone in two
2: in go in go Nerobles. in You're missing a B there, but that's... It.
1: There's a B? This is what I'm talking about, because letters don't go together. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, are you having a wank, are you? And it's like, No!
0: You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X
1: out. Go listen to some boring podcast where, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza Joe Lanza's not changing.
2: And Rich
1: Crange. <laughs> I Give you a name. I like who delivers I this guy in a big <laughs> Joe, spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. This episode of Voice of Wrestling is sponsored by Casper Mattress. Rich, you can save $50 on your Casper purchase using the promo code VOW at Casper.com. Is it slash or backslash? That's another one I can never
2: get right. Uh, I go back. Oh, I go slash. I go slash. I think people, people used to say backslash, but now I think everybody kind of knows unless you're coding or doing like programming. So I'm going to go slash. But, you know, backslash if you're specific. If you're a coder and you're like, you need to tell me which one, It's we'll go with backslash. How about backslash? So that's that.
1: promo code VOW at Casper.com <laughs> backslash VOW to save $50 on your next match. Not bad. It's $50, Rich.
2: That's some nice bones right there. That's, that's, that'll, that'll work.
1: And check it out. Completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns. After a 100-night home trial, 100-night rich, if you don't love this mattress after 100 nights, they'll pick it up and they'll refund you every penny. How about that? That's not bad. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, so take advantage of this guarantee. For your 100-night free trial, go to casper.com backslash vow and use the promo code vow today
2: all right take over you want to move to uh WWE land
1: uh we're gonna do the all right let's do that and then if we got time at the end we'll do the tna
2: okay yeah because i do want to talk TNA. CNA tna had just an incredible week but people will grill us if we don't talk takeover or money in the bank so we gotta, gotta do, we gotta it, gotta do it. it so all right uh, take over the end uh, you, what were your thoughts overall before we get uh, match by match? I think I liked the show better than anybody else did. I mean, I think you did. I really think I you thought did. it was a pretty no, great I didn't show. mind it. I didn't mind it. I don't know, great, but uh, people were grilling this show. Were people really down on the show when I was done? I kind of said, okay, you know, good, not great, but not like the level people were really down on this. And I, I just don't, I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that.
1: Well, okay, there's a lot going on here. Um, First of all, all of the takeovers are always so great. So there's high bars to clear. That's number one. Um, it, it wasn't better than Dallas. That, oh God, no, no. Okay, um, but I do think in a vacuum this was a great show because nothing on the show was bad. Everything was really good. And but there's a couple other things going on. I think there's a lot of um, confirmation bias because it's really become a thing to pick on Finn Balor lately. So I think a lot of people came into that match ready not to like it, fully prepared not to like it because it was Finn uh, Finn baller and it was a lot working against it. It was a cage match. It was Finn baller. It was a feud that never seems to end a feud that I really like though. Um, so again, I'm going against the grain there too. I think it was one of the better feuds this year. I thought it was a nice logical story. Um, a good eight month feud with good matches. Uh, no match of the years, but really good matches all in the four star range, including this one. Um, And I think that Austin Aries is another guy because he's such an asshole that people uh, sort of have they come into his matches not wanting to like them. And I don't think the Aries Nakamura match was uh, like any kind of great match. I thought it was a very good match. I thought it was a match that. Was better than people were saying that it was.
2: Yeah, I didn't like um, it, but we'll get into that. Yeah, one again, yeah, I, I, I had nothing there. I had so was nothing. we can, but we'll get yeah,
1: there. we can debate that. But I mean, there. So I think the show had a lot working against it from a lot of different standpoints. Uh, but by the end of the show, you know, when I flipped off my award-winning WWE Network, I thought that I saw another pretty great takeover show. I don't know.
2: Absolutely. Let's uh, break down the card here a little bit. So we had the former La Sambra Sin Almas, making his debut, defeating Ty Dillinger. What did you think of this guy?
1: I thought it was um, exactly what it should have been. I think that th- a lot of the talk coming out of it was that Dillinger looked like more of a star. I think that's going to happen since he was sort of a cult favorite in that building. Here's, yeah. here's the problem with him now he's the guy that you want to use in these spots because he's such a good worker and you want him to walk guys through these matches and carry dudes that are new and nervous or whatever. The problem is he's almost too over for that role. Now you almost need like a CJ Parker back who nobody
2: cared about. Well, cause this was a match where by the end people were in Dillinger winning. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to like this guy. Like, like you could, you could hear Dillinger tr- trying to say, no, no, please. No, this guy, Like that's the one you want to cheer for. Not me, like, so but they were into he's him. He's yeah. sort of
1: grown out of the role in that respect. He's too yeah. over for the role is the problem. He's too over for the role. So like, you know, before him it was CJ Parker and he wasn't over. So it was perfect. It, and yeah. he, and and Juice Robinson takes all those great bumps and is a great seller and all those things. So he worked in that role too. Dillinger is too over for the role. And 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 the other thing working against LaSambra, the suspenders have to go. I <laughs>
2: What about the hats? You know, like the feather in the hat? That his look is horrible. He looked <laughs> the dollar store like Almundo Estrada. <laughs> like,
1: it's just goofy, it was,
2: and you know he's also got to be a heel too. He's a terror. Like I think he's got to be. A heel. And
1: people are like, "Oh, he wore the suspenders in Mexico." Well, if it, it, it sucked there too, it never looks good. I mean, that's not a. You're not defending it very well.
2: Understand? Yeah, I, I just it's, think he's got to be a heel. I think he's gonna be so much better when they do that because he seems like a very uncomfortable baby face right now. I think
1: they're wrapped up in the fact that he's kind of good looking. So they think, mm-hmm. all right, well, he's good looking and he and he does flip. So he has to be a baby face. And I think you're right. I do kind of think he'd be a better heel. I also agree with the Dave Meltzer theory that he would have been better off with the mask. Um, I, I don't know. He sort of came off better to me with the mask. I, I agree mm. with Dave on that one. Not that he that, that I don't think he can't be a star without it. Um, but, you know. We were hearing whispers that he was having a lot of trouble acclimating when he got down there to NXT. He's having a lot of trouble with the English, from what I understand. So there are some things working against him. And those fucking suspenders, I can't get off of that. <laughs> That's, it, they have to go. It's bad. It's a prelim level look. It's like this isn't 1983 and you're not in the fabulous ones. The suspenders have to go. You're not L Dandy.
2: Well, nobody wears suspenders anymore. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that's like nobody wears suspenders anymore. Uh,
1: It's just bad, and it's it's just just, sometimes little things like that matter. And I really am bothered a lot by these suspenders.
2: I mean, it didn't bother me that much, but I just think I think he's he's destined to be. I think he's gonna they're gonna try the face thing for a while. Uh, This is similar to what happened in in Mexico too. Did not they try the face thing forever and then just said, all right, this isn't working, and then turned him a heel and it was a mega star. Like I think that's probably what's gonna happen here as well. They're just gonna try him at a face, try him at a face, try him at a face, face, and it's never gonna click. Hill and then he's gonna get over immediately. But I like I thought this was solid. This was okay, but yeah, he there's a little uneasiness there with him. He's got a little work to do. But hey, he's in the developmental brand, so it's a good place to be. So you
1: think there's anyone does anyone stand out to you in NXT who can kind
2: of take over that Ty Dillinger role who can mm. be a good guy to work with. I mean, like maybe. I mean, other than like the Garganos and like those guys, like maybe that's their long-term role. Like a Champa does that, but I think he's almost a little bit better than that too. Like you
1: know what, Gargano would almost be perfect because they're yeah. they're never pushing him. They're he's never getting a serious push because he's like five foot six. Let's be honest, right? And um and he's just a small framed guy. You know what I mean? But he's an excellent worker, and um. But again. Is, will he get over too much and outgrow the role as well? I mean that's a possibility with him too. C.J. Parker was never getting over.
2: The, yeah, his, they don't have a whole lot of guys. I'm just kind of going through the roster right now in my head and then I'm I'm loading up the Wikipedia now. <sighs> they don't really have anybody on the roster right now that I'd say could fit that role, which is not good. You know, <laughs> like you know, you kinda, you know what
1: you got to do? You got to strip Dillinger of his gimmick. But at the same time, now, it, that's not really fair to him.
2: Yeah, why don't you do that thing? For, yeah, do it for a few months. Let him do this thing for a few months, and then maybe then. But yeah, that's not fair to him. From he's his perspective, this thing over. he's
1: like, fuck, man. Because I thought, I, <laughs> first of all, that is a horrible gimmick. But he got it over. That was a horrendous gimmick. This perfect 10 thing stinks. But he got it over to his credit. So you know what? Maybe he does deserve a push. And Triple H did hint at that. Um, so yeah, maybe he's a guy... I, I to me, I feel like he would die on the main roster. I don't have a reason.
2: Oh, that's a small room gimmick for sure.
1: My gut is telling me he would die on the main roster.
2: No, that's a small. That's yeah. That's I don't a small think room.
1: he's his look. He, I don't think he would stand out on the main roster. Um, I, I but I, you, I do think you could push him at the NXT level. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, but it's like, I don't know, he may, it's really not fair to him just because he got it over. But I I don't know. They need someone else. Zack
2: Ryder, I guess, would be your, your default there. There's a good, there, one. But he,
1: There's a good yeah. one. But the thing is, is he going to be happy doing that? I mean, that's like. No.
2: <laughs> the answer he's is basically absolutely been
1: doing that on the main roster. Now you're going to ask right. him to do it in developmental.
2: Yeah, I think he, I, I'm guessing the answer would be no, he is not going to be happy. You know, you, you need NXT. <laughs> You'll get a lot of subtweets from uh, old Zach Yeah. <laughs> if you do that. so.
1: I mean, NXT needs a Heath Slater. And they had one in Dillinger, but he outgrew the role. Yeah. He's too over for the role. It's crazy. All
2: right, so I'll move on. The NXT Tag Team Championship, the Revival, defeating and winning the titles back. They defeated, of course, American Alpha, Jason Jordan, Chad Gable. This was my favorite match on the entire show. I thought this was spectacular. I thought this was every bit as good as the one in Dallas. And, and I don't know what your thoughts are. I loved it. I thought uh, these guys are just – the the chemistry these guys have and just the – this is a clash that you know what I mean like I was done with this and I said that that could have fit you could have taken this match and plopped it on any old clash of the champions or whatever and it would have been just you, you know what I mean like it fit that so perfectly these guys are just great that's what
1: I've I been it. saying they remind me of the fantastics and the rock this could be on clash three
2: like this could be on clash of the champions yeah. three and I wouldn't change a thing like it would be the exact same match because these guys don't do a lot like they're not jumping all over the place Gable and Jordan I mean Jordan does the drop kick I mean that's his big fucking move is a drop like I, that's the part that I love about it, is that these guys don't they, they don't do silly stuff when gable and jordan have an opening they play to the crowd they do that sort of stuff they don't do a bunch of dives over the top so it's, it's cool to sort of see that i like and of course i'm not a guy oh i hate the flips I, I love that stuff but i like that they're kind of a throwback like you could literally take this entire match throw it on clash of the champions 4 or whatever and it would it would fit right in like that that's i think uh really really awesome of these guys that they can do that and get it over as much as it's getting over so kudos to them i thought this was great
1: Yeah, I tweeted similar thoughts. It reminded me of those old Midnight Express fantastic matches, Rock and Roll Express, and you're right. That's exactly what what these matches are like. Uh, In real time, this was my favorite match on the show, too, and in real time, I tweeted that it was one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. That's how excited I was watching this match live. And in real time Um, in watching it a second time to review it for fighting spirit magazine on sale now on newsstands in Europe or online uh, via the uh, the fighting spirit magazine app. Little plug there um, where you can read all of my reviews Um, In watching it a second time for that review. I kind of backed off that a little bit. I don't think it was one of the best acting matches I've ever seen, but I do think it was a great match. I think it was the best match on this show. Every bit as good as the previous match they had. Um, and I just, I just love these matches and, uh, you know, it, it's uh, the, the, the two teams play their roles so well and they have such good chemistry together and the American alpha team, their baby fate spots just fire me up. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just something about the way that they work. Uh, they have great chemistry among themselves as a team and with these particular opponents. Um, I think to some extent, you know, I know people talk about the revival, I, you know, I want to see the Revival work against some other teams and have matches of this quality. I think American Alpha are the ingredient that puts these matches over the top. And that's probably going to annoy people.
2: No, I agree. Stop agreeing with me, Creech. Sorry, I don't think that's a slight on the Revival. I think they're awesome. But yeah, I think American Alpha is so much the... The the Uber baby faces that make everything. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm with you, and I like the revival. I think they could fit. I think you can slot them into the main roster, whatever, and they can just be there. Like they can be there for five years. You know what I mean? They don't really do a whole lot. lot. They're just kind of like chilling. Like that's fine. But American Alpha, that's the team that you build. I mean, that's that's that. Those are the stars of that division in these matches. I agree. I like
1: the revival too, and it's not that I don't like them, but for a team that prides themselves on being minimalist, they're a little sloppy. I don't know if you agree or if you've noticed that, but some of the stuff they do is a little sloppy. Um, but but and, and, and again, I, I like them. I, I think they're an excellent team. I think these are the two best tag teams in the world right now. And if I had to vote right now, they'd be my number one and my number two. I'd probably go American Alpha 1, Revival 2. And uh, so it, it, it's not as if, but you know, it, it's a minor critique. But I'm curious to see the Revival work against other teams. I know American Alpha is going to have great matches against whoever they work with. I'm not so convinced with the revival. I'm not as convinced. Maybe I should say, maybe I should phrase okay. it that way. But yeah, I did think it was the best match on the show, and I'm sad that they're sort of splitting them up, as we saw. Um, whatever that other team is calling themselves, Attack American Alpha, in the post match, and uh, Paul Elring come out on the on the stage. Um, and I, I look, I think they were chanting, "Who are you?" at the two big guys. I don't think they were chanting that at Paul Elring.
2: Yes, yeah, we should talk about the authors of pain thing. I thought the same thing as well. Um, not that I think that a lot of those people really know who Paul Ellering was, but there were probably, you get that same thing. You've been to wrestling shows, you know, there was probably the muttering of somebody saying, Hey, who was that? And then like, you know, if five people know who it is, the word spreads quickly. You know what I mean? That's Paul Ellering. Yeah. Legion of doom guy. Oh yeah. yeah, Paul Ellering. Oh, he used to manage Legion of doom. People know that those authors of pain guys came out. Nobody has any fucking clue who those guys are. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I'm with you. I think that's it. Cause I think that word spreads quickly and people probably knew. Eventually, that was Paul Elring. I'm with you. I think they were chanted at the crowd. Here's the
1: thing, though. I think people just like bashing the full-sale crowd and took that as an opportunity to do so again. I don't expect a random 27-year-old fan to know who Paul Elring is anyway. How would you know? Yeah. He hasn't been on TV in like 12 years. He doesn't – he's aged, obviously. Invented. Twelve.
2: It might be even more than that. It's I been mean,
1: forever since that guy's cause, been on
2: TV. Because it was that new – because he came for that new LOD, and then I think he did something with the Disciples of Apocalypse or whatever. But when was that? Like, yeah, 98 was, I think, the last time he was around.
1: I can't take a 25-year-old fan to task for not knowing who that is in the moment live as he comes out on the stage.
2: Yeah, so we're talking almost 20 years yeah, t- <laughs> since last time.
1: Listen, it took me a second to recognize him. I didn't instantly recognize him. Uh, can we take it easy with Paul? It's not Ric Flair. Okay, it's Paul Elring. Okay, I get it. Okay, but it's not Ric Flair. It's not Hulk Hogan.
2: Okay? This- so I have, a, I have a buddy at work, and, and um, he hadn't watched TakeOver or whatever, so I walked up to his desk, and, and this guy, he's, he's trained as a wrestler. He's wrestled. He's done stuff. He's a huge wrestling fan. You know, he's a, and I went up to him, and I said, you will never guess who came back. You know, yesterday a takeover, or whatever, and he he guessed, you know, three people. I don't know, whatever. And then this guy, he's deep. He knows his yeah. stuff. Like, so I said, okay, well, he was a manager of tag teams or whatever. That's what I gave him. Still didn't get it. I said, uh, like '80s. Still didn't get it. And then finally, he looked at me and goes, "Paul Ellering." And I went, "Yeah." And He goes, "Oh, really?" That's his reaction. Yeah, like, okay. like and that's a hardcore fan of like, oh, huh, okay, like, because I said you were never gonna guess in a million years, and he goes, "Oh, you're right. I would have never guessed that in a million years." Like, it's Paul. Allering. I
1: mean, like, the instant Twitter reaction. To people thinking that they were chanting, who are you at Paul Ellering? Like, Paul Ellering is some kind of icon of the of the fucking industry. He's not, by the way. Um, and, and hasn't been on TV in, in like a decade and a half. And when he was on TV a decade and a half ago, it wasn't in a prominent role. And it's like, let's face it, even when he was with the Legion of Doom, it wasn't like he was some kind of imperative part of the act.
2: No, that 92 Legion, I mean, and th- you got to think of that. Let- let's think that all these fans have ever watched is WWF. Like, let's think, okay, yes, they're 35 years old, but all they've watched is WWF. You could really not know much. I mean, Paul Ring was the guy who had Rocco yeah. in 92, and then he came in like, very short amount of time, like turned on LOD and like came with the Disciples of Apocalypse and then bounced again after like a few months. It like, was,
1: was 24 years ago.
2: Right. That's and, like, I know that because I'm an idiot. Like, I just know that because I know 1998 WWF, like, the top I mean, of my we're, head. But. We're,
1: we're, we're taking 30 year old people to task for not recognizing a minor WWE character from 24 years ago. I mean, I, it, that just reeked. Of we want to pick on full sale again because we don't like that they chant. I mean, give me a break. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, can we stop? It, it, Paul Elring, Ring, it took me a second. And, I, and I'm old enough to where I should be taking the task if I don't remember him. And it did take me a second to recognize. He, he aged too on top of it all. And he just did the same routine. He's, he's never like a boisterous manager, he's a guy who just stands there. I don't know. I, I thought people were very hard on full sale for that.
2: It was, it was, and
1: weird, honestly, yeah. I, and again, I don't even think they were chanting it at him. I really don't. I think they were chanting it at the guys in the ring. So I, I don't know.
2: All right. Uh, Nakamura Aries. Here's where I think we'll disagree.
1: Yeah. So you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, go first. All right. So here's what I think about this match. First of all, I thought Austin Aries works circles around Nakamura in this match.
2: Yes. I will agree with you. On and,
1: that. and, and I, and you and Aaron Bentley seem to be the only two people who agree with that. And again, I think that a lot has to do with people just don't... It's a
2: small circle, though. I should I should preface It's, it's a, not a very it's big a ti- circle. It's, yeah.
1: it's like a tiny, tiny circle. I think some of it is people want to hate Austin Aries, and they want to come into this match and not like him because he's a dick, and he is a dick. So I think yeah, there is I some just thought he that. worked at
2: like a raw... This was a raw match. This was at like a, 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 a end of the first hour. Maybe it bleeds into the second hour raw match.
1: Well, he, here's the thing. I thought he worked circles around Nakamura. I thought Nakamura... here. Here's Nakamura so far. He had the great match against Zayn, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's a smart guy, and he knew that was a huge spot. It was his first match. It was, a, it was the, the – no matter what anybody tells you, it was the most important match on that show, even though it wasn't the main event. It was in Dallas at WrestleMania weekend, and Nakamura is a smart guy, and he went out there and busted his ass and had a match of the year contender with Sami Zayn. He hasn't done a thing since in this company because he knows he doesn't have to. He's getting by on his charisma, and quite honestly, his promos have been more impressive than his matches. His TV matches, to me, hasn't stood out at all. He hasn't sh- struck me as a superstar in his television matches yet. He strikes me more as a superstar when he does in-ring things, promos, face-offs with opponents, things like that. That's and where maybe, the charisma comes out. Maybe hats
2: off to him. Maybe he's being smart I, there. <laughs> maybe he's and that's a. my <laughs> point. Yeah, I'm not going to kill myself. Exactly. All I have to do is make funny faces, and people love me and buy my shirt. So Fitz, cool. Here's the thing Perfect. that's yeah.
1: always been his MO. Yeah. That was his MO in New Japan. We've criticized him on this show a million times to where he only shows up in the biggest situations. And whether that's because his body's beat up or he's just a, a, a classic smart worker who knows he doesn't have to kick it into full gear for every uh you know uh eight-man tag team match in New Japan or every television match against Alex Riley in NXT or whatever the case. But in this match against Austin Aries, I thought Austin Aries busted his fucking ass and worked so hard in this match. And the problem the 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 one mistake that Austin Aries made was he went to that reverse chin lock in the middle of the match. That's not what what those fans came to see. They came no, to see.
2: They, no, and, and they turned on it immediately they, then. They, and the match never recovered from they that. They came I don't to think.
1: see a dream match. They yeah. came to see action. And Austin Aries just, and, 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 and he worked a big arena match in front of 450 fans and he should have known better. But you take that one spot away, that he made one mistake. Otherwise, I thought he worked so hard and the closing stretch of that match, Austin Aries killed himself. Okay. There was the DVD spot. And then Austin Aries on that tope, where he flew and hit that guardrail. And then the way he sold that with his eyes rolling into the back of his head, and then he you know he got back in the ring, and uh, he hit the or whatever he calls it now, and he got the pin. Man, that was a great performance by Austin Aries, aside from that one terribly ill-conceived spot, which just sucked the juice out of the match from that point. This is where we're going to disagree, because I do think they recovered, and I think the closing stretch was excellent.
2: Yeah, I, did, I think the closing – I didn't like it. I, I just thought it was too rushed. It just kind of came out of nowhere for me. Yes, you had the DVD or the, the apron, you know, Death Valley Driver, and that was cool. But it, it just – it didn't seem like – I felt like that spot just – it existed to I, – I don't know. I don't know what the – like it – I don't want to say an apron spot doesn't – because people were saying – because I said the match was pedestrian. I said that on Twitter, and people were, oh, no, there was an apron spot. Oh, no, he did a DVD on the apron. But, yeah, just because you out of nowhere do an apron spot onto a DVD and then go to the finish, I don't know. Does that really do much for you? It just – for nothing was a connection for me. It seemed like it was super slow. I agree with you that Aries was way better than Nakamura in this, but like I said, it was a small circle. It's just – Aries was working this, like you said, a big arena match, like a, a house show or whatever you want to call it, and it just didn't react. And then, yeah, you had the DVD spot and people went nuts or whatever. And then he just went right to the finish. There was I wanted some back and forth. I wanted something, but there just wasn't. Nakamura just went in there, hit his move, and, and that was it. Like I, I don't know. I it, for me, it just never clicked. And when it was over, it was just like, well, that was that. Whatever. I, like see, you know,
1: I picked up on a story that, and I guess you didn't. I thought Aries. First of all, he was working the neck early in the match, and the problem with because he you know he was setting up whatever he calls his uh, the movie. I'm so bad with the names of the moves. Um, but he worked the neck, and his mistake was working the neck with the reverse chin lock. You can't get away with that in 2016. You have to have a more creative rest hold that looks dangerous. We talk about it all the time. It's a reverse chin lock in this day and age, especially in front of that crowd on this show that was such a huge mistake on his part to go to that move. You can't do that. He should have used a more creative, MMA-inspired, I don't know what move, but maybe a dragon sleeper or something. He should have went with something else to to continue working the neck. He also tried working the leg to take away the boomay early in the match. Uh, those tactics did not work Aaron Bentley was very critical of Nakamura for not selling the neck or the knee after Ares, right. <laughs> after Aries did all that work to work
2: he really did he really points. did
1: and it's true that he didn't um and, and yes yeah, so I thought Aries had a plan I thought Aries worked very hard I thought Aries was excellent in the uh, with the tope spot where he where he knocked himself out on it and uh, the way he sold that and his mannerisms and his and and and, and you know the, the way his eyes rolled in the back of his head and and I did like the finish you know what's interesting I find this very interesting. In New Japan, Rich, they protect the finishers so well. No one ever kicks out of finishers in New Japan unless it's like the Tokyo Dome main event. What was the only finisher in New Japan that everybody kicked out of?
2: Yeah, the boomerang, yeah. yeah.
1: In WWE, where, <laughs> th- where no finishers are protected and people kick out of finishers in the second hour of fucking Raw on a regular basis, what, it's, it's instant death. <laughs> They've completely reversed course on this. That was the one finisher that didn't finish anybody in New Japan as the Golden State cuts at the 8. Are you watching
2: this? I'm not, no. I'm doing this stupid thing think with
1: the you. They were down by like 25. 20.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I've been following on my phone <laughs> in case you've been noticing me kind of like Curry
1: hits a 3 with, with 9 minutes left, and they cut it to 8. So, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I just think it's funny that the, the Kinsasha, whatever he calls it now, um is
2: better say it right or Corey Grave is gonna parry <laughs> <bury> you. <laughs>
1: maybe. I don't know. But uh the I'm I'm gonna keep saying Boomer until I figure out how to say it. That's fine. We'll be as a but uh, yeah, so ultra protected in the company where they don't protect finishers doesn't finish anybody off in the company where finishers are, are instant death all the time, it, which I think is funny. But anyway, uh, you know, I liked it. Look, I didn't think it was a match of the year or anything like that, but I I think I gave it three and three quarters or something like that because I I thought if you take away that ill advised spot, if that if Austin Aries uses a dragon sleeper instead of a fucking reverse chin lock, I think mm-hmm. I Looking at yeah. that match in a completely different way, and I also think it doesn't suck the energy out of the crowd. You can't work a slow methodical match like that in in front of that crowd in a building that size. That was a that was a big arena match. Slow, methodical. You know what I mean that that it, it was the wrong wrong match for that building.
2: Yeah. Uh, move on next match uh, women's championship Asuka defeating Nia Jax uh, I actually I thought this was okay uh, not great Nia Jax is just not good I don't I just I'm not gonna get it I, I think if this didn't kind of prove to you that uh, like she did uh, I, the story made sense Asuka kept trying you know all of her little stuff and and Nia Jax kept powering out of it and powering out of it powering out of it until Asuka eventually you know got her but it's just Nia Jax just does does, does such a terrible job of Of exuding power and exuding dominance and exuding you know monster ability that it just it hurts it just kind of was Nia Jax on the ground the entire time with Asuka doing moves and I didn't mind it it was cool but just Nia Jax does such a terrible job of being a monster that it was it was hard to really buy into any of her you know sort of rising from the ashes to sort of show her power over Asuka only for Asuka to get right back in the hold or whatever so that's my one criticism with it but it was probably better than I thought it was Uh, I thought it was going to be
1: I love these Asuka title matches. They're so much different than the previous uh, NXT Women's Generation matches, which were also great, obviously. These are great in a completely different way. They feel violent. They feel nasty. They feel hard-hitting. They have that real, like, uh, Joshi-Aja.
2: There's an there's an uneasiness when you're watching is. them.
1: There is. And, you know, they feel like the old Bull Nakano-Aja Kong-style Joshi matches. Not the high work rate. Kind. It's kind of the same dichotomy, Right? Because you have those like um, Minami Toyota style Joshi matches, which were all heavy work rate and heavy action, just like the Sasha banks and and, and, uh, and Becky Lynch and, and Charlotte matches, right? And then you have sort of these other kind of nasty, brutal Joshi matches where they, the women go in there and just kill each other. And that's what Asuka sort of uh, brought to the table with NXT, and I really like these matches for what they are. I thought this was the best Nia Jax performance. I thought this was better than her Bailey performance, but I agree. She has a long way to go. And, um, it, but I it, I'll tell you what, I love the finish. I love the finish.
2: The finish, of the, the story of the match, if you had a real person, if you had Nia if Nia Jax really could do this like monster thing and really got that across, this match would have been awesome. But it's just like you, I just can't buy into her at all. I just, there's it because it, it worked. The story was really cool uh, of Asuka just doing whatever she could to ground her. And then the, the the monster just rising and rising and rising and rising until Asuka finally does it. But it's just like it doesn't work with Nia Jax because she's just not good. <laughs> like I, you It doesn't know, like seem
1: like she has it in her. To work to her gimmick. She should be nasty and violent like Asuka's. is.
2: Yeah, she's just not comfortable in her own skin. She, it's it like is, I said,
1: yeah. she needs to be locked in a room with Bull Nakano tapes. And Ajakon tapes. You know? Um, and and, you know, and to, to, to learn how to work to her size and, and bring out that viciousness. And I thought Asuka did a good job trying to bring it out of her. But the finish with Nia Jax, knowing she was finished off and screaming... That primal scream in Asuka's face before Asuka finished her off with that knee strike. I thought that was great. I really thought that was a great finish. That had me fired up. I thought that finish, that one moment, brought the match up a whole nother level. I love stuff like that, Rich. I really do. So, mm-hmm. so I thought that helped the match a lot. Um, and, and I really liked it. I, I, I like these Asuka matches, and, and um, uh, I like the style that she brings to the table.
2: Uh, and then we we'll get to the main event, the Steel Cage, uh, Samoa Joe defeating Finn Balor here. And now I went into this match. You, of course, we previewed it. I went in going, ah, it's a Steel Cage. I'm not into this feud quite as much as you were. I saw the reaction on Twitter. I watched it a few days after uh, everybody else did. I saw the reaction on Twitter, and everyone was like, ah, it's okay. It just was this. I, I was expecting, hey, I'm not going to really like this match. There's not going to do a whole lot for me. You know, I haven't really been as into Finn Balor as you have, but I actually enjoyed this like outside of the trophy WWE cage match stuff of like people climbing all the time or trying to get out of the doors or whatever, which I think they, I, I just do away with that, please, for God's sakes. But in this case, it, it kind of worked in this match, and I just thought this was a really good match. I was kind of surprised when I saw as many people uh, down on it as they were, because I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't a bloody, brutal cage match, but I thought it told a great story, and, and I thought it, it, it got the job done. Like, yeah, it wasn't an insane back and forth, but I thought if the, if the goal was prove that Samoa Joe is the better man, you did that, and I think you did it well.
1: First of all, Samoa Joe was great.
2: Samoa Joe... Is, he was he was far and away better. Like you talk about like and that's not a slight on Balor, but I thought Joe was the unquestioned star of this
1: Samoa match. Joe is just great. It's, it's, it's that simple. He's a great pro wrestler and um, the door has to go. You're absolutely right. I don't want escape from the door anymore ever again. They're not going to do that, unfortunately, but the door really has to go. It adds nothing to these matches. And even from the perspective of, OK, chicken shit heels can win. Che- can win cheaply through the door. I don't like that style of match anyway. So no,
2: to, stupid. Then don't do a cage match. I don't that. like yeah. that.
1: 1979 bullshit where, where fucking Jack Tatum sneaks out not Jack Tatum, uh, John Tatum, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sneaks out the door. I i don't like that anyway. So the door can go to hell. I, no more doors. Like,
2: oh, Jack, if you're, I like the idea of Jack Tatum would be a damn good pro if, wrestler. If, if if cage match wrestler. Yeah. Hell yeah, he um, would. Yeah.
1: If you're going to put a chicken shit heel in a cage, you should just get his ass kicked anyway. I, I don't know. Just get rid of the door. Joe's great. The door stinks.
2: And this was – The point. door worked in like 1974 when Bruno would beat up some guy and then just walk out of the door to prove I that I'm someone. much
1: But that, that's I it. I think Meltzer made that point too. And, Did he? And, 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 that, and that's fine. And I, I don't
2: – But it's over. I mean it's 2016. Can, We're can done. we like, move no. on?
1: I mean yeah, I, enough with the door. But I don't care. what it, it, This was a good match. Okay? It wasn't a great match, but it was a good match. And if people say it wasn't a good match, they're wrong. I it was a good match. Finn Balor got tossed all over the place. I saw Buzaleta just working work a normal match. No, they did. What were you watching? Samoa Joe was flinging Balor into this cage left and right, throwing him into the cage, throwing him over the t- uh, hip-tossing him into the cage. And I think you made a... First of all, the finish was great. Okay, the, the, the uh, Joe hitting his finish off the middle rope was a tremendous finish, not only to the match, but to the feud. And I love, love, love that this was a feud where the heel decisively and definitively won the feud with no heel bullshit. How awesome was that? How, au- especially in
2: this company. As- well, I was shocked. I was like stunned. Cause I was like, well, that, that's it. And then I was kind of like, Oh, okay. And then it was like, Samoa Joe was just like, yep, I'm better. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I like that. That's cool. Even the
1: most recent match that Finn Balor beat Joe it was kind of fluky, right? Where Joe was yeah. surprised that he lost at the end. They told a beautiful eight month story of, one guy turning on his buddy and then definitively defeating him for his title and then definitively beating him in the feud. And, and, it, and they told the story of just because a guy is a heel, it doesn't mean that he has to change who he is. Joe is an ass kicker as a babyface, and he's an ass kicker as a heel. He doesn't have to cheat. He doesn't need heel authority figures helping him. He's just a fucking ass kicker. And he wins clean anyway. And he was just the better man. And how refreshing is that? And, you know, I say not only in this company, but in wrestling period today. Because we talk about it a million times. All Japan is like the only major company in the world where you get clean main event title matches these days. And it was so nice to get that. In this feud and in the definitive final match of this feud, I loved this. I loved how this feud played out. It didn't have a match in your contender, but it, all the matches were very good. And this was a good match, too. And uh, I love the finish. I love the booking. And um, I can't complain at all about this feud or how this match played out.
2: There you go. So I, I actually went into it saying, oh man, I'm going to can't wait to disagree you. Well, but you know Joe. why? Like, because oh. you,
1: had all, you read Twitter.
2: I, and I, and honestly, I went into it with a little bit of a that I wasn't gonna you like it. And then I read the Twitter and yeah, I went, "All right, cool. They hated it. Everybody hated it. Good. I'm gonna hate it. I, I thought I was gonna hate it. Let's see." And I was watching. Oh, oh, wait. No, hold on. Rich, I, like, I watched. I enjoyed this. I, yeah. I
1: watched the play out in real time, and people were just they couldn't wait to bash the match. So three or four minutes into the match, people were already you know because it's fashionable to bash Balor. Balor's yeah. the guy that people well, are picking on right now.
2: And one thing I really liked as well, I thought I thought Graves and Phillips were awesome in here. Graves in particular was so good in this match, too. He's, he, this was a match where it was like, just listening to him put these guys over, put over the brutality, put over. He was great in this. He sold this match just as much as those two guys did, too. I thought he was really awesome here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. The commentary is always solid on these shows. I think Graves does a real good job.
2: All right, so that's, uh, that's TakeOver. I right, want to move to Money in the Bank here. Might have to make this a two-parter. I don't know, a rare uh, – because uh, people say, oh, just make it four hours. We can't do that anymore. Uh, but we can maybe – maybe I'll do a second part if we can get this TNA in here because we're up against the clock here a little bit. But let's let's do Money in the Bank because we definitely have to do that. And if we get time, we'll, we'll we'll talk TNA or we can do a part two.
1: Yeah, we'll do the one to tens on the Money in the Bank and short thoughts on –
2: yeah, I guess I don't really have any super strong thoughts about Money in the Bank, so I guess we can go pretty quick. Uh, I'm not going to do the pre-show. Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, zero. I'm sure you're a zero, don't too. Give, just, don't give a single <laughs> yeah. show. Apollo Crews, Sheamus, I'm about a two. I, whatever. I
1: didn't even know that it was a scheduled match. Yeah, it's, yeah kinda it lost. is. I'm um, kind of lost. I really don't care about you know. that either. I'd give that a three.
2: All right. Charlotte, Dana Brooke versus Natalia and Becky Lynch. I'll be honest. I don't really care. I'm going to go with three there as well.
1: I'm going to go zero. I really don't give a fuck.
2: Yeah, I couldn't. Um, all right. United States Championship, Rusev, the champion defending against Titus O'Neil. I don't
1: Titus. I don't know why Titus O'Neil. Why did Titus get a title? I fight? said this a couple weeks ago. I don't know why he's in a feud for the United States title against what Rusev. The There's a million better opponents you
2: could have. Is that a sorry? Like, hey, our bad? Like, Maybe. What? If
1: it's a one-month diversion for Rusev before he moves on to bigger and better things, I'm fine with it. I guess because this match is going to have a lot of stuff near the top of the card that's going to be pretty awesome, so you can kind of live with it on this show. But I can't say I'm excited for this. I have to give it like a two. Yeah, not right. to a great Fatal, start here.
2: Yeah, this is. I guess we're really excited for Money in the Bank. Make sure you go to voice wrestling.com for our preview and our review that are coming because those are going to be great. Uh, Fatal four way tag match. WWE Tag Team Championships, of course. The New Day, the champions, defending against Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, Enzo Moria and Big Cass, and of course the Vaude Villains.
1: Uh, a little more excitement for this. I'm really into the Vaude Villains right now, so uh, I'll give it a five.
2: I'm. I'm. Uh, the, the thing that. I'm I'm into Enzo and Cast now because all of my like casual friends are way into Enzo and Cast now. So I like walk up like I even got Michelle like I walked in the room the other day and she just said how you doing or whatever and I was like what the hell and she said at work she she texted me at like two a.m. or whatever she put an IV in and said like bada you know bada boom you know realest guy in the room and I was like what the hell like like that's what I've done to this poor woman like she's at work like <laughs> reciting Enzo and Big Cast things when she puts an IV in somebody like what have I done like that I felt horrible that day I was like just don't do that I'm sorry like just. Don't don't do that anymore. But she loves Benzo Cast and my other friend, everybody loves Enzo and Cass, so I'm I'm excited about watching them too because everybody's into them. But uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna go about a five here. I don't know the it, it, Fatal Four Way though. It's eh, you know, eh. All right, AJ Styles, John Cena. This I'm into. This should be awesome. Yeah. Um... And Gallows and Anderson are banned from ringside until a ref gets knocked down and then they come
1: Well, they wouldn't mention that unless they're coming down. <laughs> right so,
2: until, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's you just hope it's not in Just to let you know, they're not coming down wink wink. They're banned from ringside. You
1: just hope it's not intrusive like it wasn't really all that intrusive in the Romans Reigns matches. So, Yeah, yeah. Um that's what you hope for, but I, you know, look, man, I got to give this a solid 8. Really looking forward to this.
2: Styles and Cena. I mean Do you have great. any
1: concern that they keep putting AJ Styles into feuds that he has to lose?
2: Uh no, I don't care.
1: You just want to see him have good cool, matches.
2: He just sees good matches against top guys. I'm cool with it. It's not like he's, he's battling for If he was battling for the U.S. title and losing, I would say yeah. But no, he's in top-tier feuds with guys that have been there forever. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Or you know, and, a guy like Roman Reigns is a star in the making. I, I, that's fine. And yeah, this
1: the WWE thing. You know he was going to do some dues paying in terms of losing to people. So. Oh, sure. He's gonna, yeah, he, you, he's gonna lo- look, he lost the Jericho feud. He lost the Reigns feud. And he's going to lose this feud. Eventually, he's got to win a feud, though. So, um, you know, um, you know, we'll see. But I just wanted to get your take on that.
2: Yeah, I I, I don't care right now in the moment. I don't care because he's he's against the top guys. If he's against if if he gets plumped down to the mid card and then he's losing feuds against guys like that, then yeah. Or if he gets in a feud with Bray Wyatt, then God help us all. All right. uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens and Alberto Del Rio. I've
1: kind of lost my I think the Money in the Bank ladder matches have lost some appeal for me over the last couple of years. But I like the people involved in this one, and a big theme of this podcast has been motivation levels, and I think there's people in this one who are going to be motivated to put on a crazy, crazy show. So I'm more excited about this one than I've been for some of these in the past year or two, so I'm going to give this one a 7.
2: I'm about – yeah, I'm about a a, a, – Maybe an eight because I just you got Zayn, you got Cesaro, you got Ambrose, you got Owens. Those guys are gonna bust their ass, do whatever they can. Jericho, he he's smart in these ladder matches. He knows what he's doing. And then you have Alberto Del Rio, and you know
1: <laughs> yeah, he could get fucked. No one cares about yeah. him.
2: But <laughs> and then, you know, and then there's Alberto Del Rio. So uh, yeah, but no, I mean you got all those guys. I mean they're gonna bust their ass. Sammy Zayn's gonna do some crazy spot, break it. You know, go through it. Cesaro, you got any any match with Zayn, Cesaro, and Kevin Owens. Is a okay with me, and then you add Dean Ambrose or whatever. Like, yeah, I think it's gonna be really good. It's gonna be these guys are not gonna go out there and have a dud. Like, it's just not gonna happen. It's gonna be a spectacular match. So, in that sense, I'm excited to see what they can do and what they do with it. So, I'm gonna go an eight because, yeah, how do you not get excited about that? Uh, Then you got the main event here. Uh, A little interesting. The Roman Reigns defending his title against Seth Rollins. I think it's way too soon for this. Uh, I don't like the way that Seth Rollins has been portrayed so far. I think he's way I thought when you bring him back, you bring him back as a baby face. you build up the injury rehab, you haven't come back. you haven't be that you know star that it was he was budding he was ready to go, and people just wanted to cheer for him and now they finally have a reason to, but they didn't uh they do whatever he's doing right now and i I, I don't know. I just have no feel for this match, even though I think it's going to be okay. I, I just don't know I'm not into this main event feud right now sorry <laughs> i
1: uh I think – let's poke some bears. How about that? I think that this will be another great Roman Reigns match where the other guy is clearly the better worker. How about that? I think that there's no way Rollins doesn't have a great match here coming back and all that. and He's going to want to make an impression. And I think that the uh, AJ Styles-Cena match is probably going to be a great match. So – you know they're gonna want. He's gonna want to make sure that the you know he steals the show. Rollins is gonna be motivated here, and um, I think they'll have a great match. And uh, I think it'll be another example of a great Roman Reigns match where the other guy was the better worker. How about that?
2: Mm. <laughs> That's, How about that? Uh, you're gonna get a lot of people angry here, but right? um, especially with, especially with Seth Rollins. But we're uh, <laughs> having fun
1: here. Yeah. Um, hey, look. There's no question AJ was the better of the two workers in those matches. No, no question at no. all. Um, you know, so I, I think uh, I think it's a good. Th- Let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way, Rich. I think it's a good thing that Seth's injury was his knee, and not his back, because he's got to carry 280 pounds ooh, on his back.
2: Coming in, look at that! Look at that! Wow. That's and that's that's, that's going to get you in trouble there. That little quote right there. But uh, yeah, I I just I, I this feud I just I don't have a good feel for it. It's like when this this thing should have been a huge deal. The fact that Rollins coming back, Reigns being what he is, and that's why we said I think a lot of people and and I was on board for this is that you do the Roman Reigns heel turn and you have Seth Rollins come back as 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 a babyface. You have Rollins or you have Reigns as the new authority guy or whatever. And this is back when the authority was still a thing, and I guess it's still kind of a thing even though, but whatever and then you have Rollins come back and he's the hey you guys replaced me with this guy or whatever or, oh I you know I go out for an injury I rehab I bust my ass to come back and you've replaced me like that that story works for me this I don't what, what is I like I don't know what the story is right now and maybe it's just me not making that connection maybe people are into it I, I, I'm not going to fault you for being into it but for me there's just nothing there so I while you know I think it's going to be a solid match and I'm excited to see Rollins back in the ring and I think him and Reigns can have decent chemistry I can't go more than the five I just I'm just not into this feud I don't know why just not clicking with me. I don't know if it's clicking with you. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm more into it than you are. I, I, look, here's the problem. Rollins should be a face.
2: It's just weird. It's uneasy. It's like, what, what's... No, what's, I don't get the motivation.
1: Rollins should be a face. But the problem is, he's just another guy who would be more over than the Chosen One, so they can't do that. So they had to mm. turn a meal. He's just another guy who would prove to be a better choice than Reigns. And they've already made their decision. So they're not going to go... They, they're all in on the range train, despite the fact that Dean's drawn just as many fans on the road, highlighting the, you know, headlining the B Tour, which, you know,
2: well, by the way, <laughs> it was kind of funny that this week uh, that now house shows don't matter who's uh, who's running them. They always matter right, when, like, right. <laughs> when Daniel Bryan's main eventing them, they matter. When... Right, but when, the when we're defending eventing, Roman yeah, Reigns, it doesn't, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many people go to the house shows. <laughs> Daniel Bryan, Well, no one's going to go see Daniel Bryan on a house show. Of course not. But Roman Reigns, oh, nobody goes to the house shows to see guys. They just go. It's people just house
1: people crafting arguments to
2: fit their narratives. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I do like that now – for the first time in, like, the, what, fucking 40 years, people don't go to house shows to watch certain guys, they just go. No, they they're just
1: go. buying it for the brand, even though history totally suggests otherwise, forever. Right. Um,
2: Daniel Bryan wasn't a great draw on the house shows, which is fine, like, John Cena was a bigger draw, people went to John Cena house shows, they didn't go to Daniel Bryan's house shows, I'm okay with that, I've rationalized that, that makes sense to me, that's fine, but, you know, you, you, can't, you can't have it both ways, you gotta be.
1: I mean, Dean Ambrose is pushed like a total geek. The other guy is, pu- who never wins the big match. The, the other guy is pushed as this unstoppable force. This, he's been pushed from day one, and they're drawing the same numbers on the road. And, and the geek is headlining the B tour with the weaker shows. I mean, come on. Rollins comes back. You had a red hot baby face, red hot opportunity to a uh, new baby face. But you can't have anyone get in the way of the range train. You can't. <laughs> choo choo. You can't get in the way, Rich. You got to push that range train.
2: Like, well, I, I think it's uh, – I, do I push it or does it go on its own? I, I assume it goes on its own.
1: I, someone's pushing it.
2: Because you made, the, you made the, the the whistle, so I'm assuming that's like
1: – It definitely doesn't move on its own. It requires okay. a big push.
2: <laughs> it? it requires okay. a
1: huge push, that train. It definitely doesn't move anywhere on its own. It's like, in, <laughs> it, unless it's powered by booze and people who don't give a shit, it doesn't move on its own.
2: <laughs> it's powered by apathy. <laughs>
1: it's powered by apathy, exactly. So, I mean, you know, Rollins should be a baby face. But – you know, he's in, you know, yeah, I got you. You, you know, what I'm going to say it's the end of the show. I'm having some fun, but, but all right, but I believe everything I'm saying, but yes, you know, know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just turning the screw a little, you know what I mean? <laughs> but but I do believe everything I'm saying, but yeah, I, I'm just prying the fucking toenail off a little. That's all.
2: All right. So before we get out of here, we got to talk TNA because they had quite the week. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So. Uh, we heard earlier in the week that uh, they, out of nowhere, Billy Corgan bought minority stake in the t- company. Oh, cool, Billy Corgan pay, You know, hey, that's good. They have some financial backing. Well, we find out that they literally needed him to pay so that they could actually run their tapings, because the production company who uh, controlled the equipment being used, uh, they demanded at least some of the money. This is in the Observer. Uh, Airlocks, uh, which controlled the equipment being used, demanded at least some of the money owed, or they wouldn't do the production, and there would be no time to get new equipment and a new company. So, essentially, they said, okay, we're sick of not being paid. Can you pay us? And they said, "Uh, Billy! Hey! (laughs) Hey, buddy! What's up, man? Uh, Can we have some money? So we don't know if this is like a big stake. We don't know how much stake. But all we know is that they were in the 11th hour. Um, The TNA CFO and COO, uh, Dean uh, Broadhead, I believe is uh, his name, uh, posted some Facebook thing that he was you know calling people left and right and trying to find people and securing finances and all this stuff and barely got it under and how frustrated he is and all this sort of stuff but essentially the long story short they needed an influx of cash at the last minute to actually get these tapings off the road so uh joe that's not good right one more that's bad one more quick point roman reigns is
1: diesel (laughs) no he is is. i mean he is you're right it's not wrong tell him ratings, the Raw ratings are all-time record lows. He can't outdraw Dean Ambrose headlining the A-show. Um, he gets booed out of every building he's in. Okay? Do you know, it's time, you know what he, it's time to abort Mission. You know what Roman Reigns is? Roman Reigns is a Tinder match where you get to the girl's house and she looks nothing like the pictures. And you say, you know what, I gotta abort mission. And you know what you do, Rich? You don't plow forward. You turn around, <laughs> you, you might. get back in your car. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you might I've f- plowed forward at times. <laughs> I was gonna say I've, I feel like I've plowed play. forward at times, I'm not gonna lie. It depends how late it is. Okay? It depends how late it is. But what you do is if it's a decent hour, you turn around and you abort mission. You get back in your car, you go home, and you, you watch some K and you live yeah. to swipe another day. Roman Reigns is a Tinder match that doesn't look like the pictures when you get to the house. That's what he is. They really need to abort Mission. It's not going to happen. Uh, all the business indicators are shit, yet excuses are made for this guy. When are we going to admit that he's not over?
2: The rating stuff is bad. I mean, that, that's something that Brandon Howard oh, talking about. but it's not, his fault. No, oh, it's yeah, not yeah, his fault. No, it's not his fault, Rich. I mean, I like, I do like this new idea that nobody can possibly be at fault for anything that goes wrong, even though it's a star driven company, but, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, See, the, the problem is you can't say it because then it's, oh, you know, well, they're sabotaging him on purpose.
1: Oh, uh, right. The guy with so, getting the strongest push in the company.
2: <laughs> the guy that's main evented that will now, will, I mean, will very soon be breaking Steve Austin's record for consecutive main events
1: in pay per views. And the guy who right. is presented like a Superman and has been the most protected and pushed person on the roster since the day he debuted with The Shield. Okay. Have they made mistakes along the way? Has it been perfect? No.
2: Oh, certainly. Yeah. But
1: he's been the most protected and, and pushed and pushed harder than anybody on the roster since the day he debuted. Uh, so you can take that shit and flush it down. Well,
2: regardless, there. he's not bless- he's not busting through it. People aren't still saying, hey, look, regardless of the booking, I still love this guy. I'm still going to watch him. People are saying, I'm going to watch the NBA finals. Fuck that. I'm not. watching. He's a off.
1: fucking shit. Come on. Yeah. Roman yeah. Reigns is a fucking shit bum, And if it was anybody else, they would have pulled the <laughs> plug already. Can we be honest? There's no <laughs> indicators that this guy's a success. OK, he pushes a little bit of merch. He's not even the top merch seller, though. He There's nothing that shows that this guy is catching on. And you couldn't push him any harder. And he he blew a wet fart at WrestleMania in the biggest match of his life that no one's going to remember. Enough with this guy. Let's talk about TNA.
2: Let's do it. Enough of this crap. Let's talk about TNA.
1: So like you said, what a joke and a circus that TNA was this week.
2: Can you imagine working for this company? What other
1: company would have – this guy's the CEO? Was it Uh, – CFO, COO.
2: Dean Broadhead. Chief financial officer. Okay. He's a chief operating officer too. He's CFO and COO. Okay.
1: (laughs) Which
2: means about as much as me being the CEO of Voices of Wrestling. That's fine, but he's a
1: very high-ranking official in this company. Yeah, right. And he's spilling company dirt. On social media.
2: He's burying his own company on social media. Let me, let me read this Who thing. Who well, This is going to be, anyway. uh, be a two-part episode anyway. So here, let me, let me do this. So on Thursday and Friday, I logged over 80 business calls on my cell. Attorneys, accountants. Mind you, this is on Facebook, by the way, and, and available for anybody to read. Attorneys, accountants, vendors, bankers, and employees. Maybe time to retire, but maybe not until everything is in its right place. To answer your why question, I had... A twelve-hour time frame to secure interim financing so their production trucks could roll. Lawyers, bankers, accountants, and owners—some of them were out of the country, some of the West Coast, some on the East Coast. So that is the reason for all the calls. I, I who w- he's begging. Please give me money. <laughs> I just I don't care. Just, it,
1: but that's not even the, the worst part. Is he's telling people this publicly? Right, just, yeah.
2: That I'm begging people for eight hundred dollars. Carrying dirty
1: laundry, and and it's amazing that their pay per view and their television tapings wouldn't have gone, it wouldn't even have gone off if Billy Corgan didn't save their ass. Which is astounding. I mean, it's just, it's just mind blowing. And then they have their disaster uh, for Impact.
2: Yeah, which is not their fault. To be fair, but, but, but
1: still, it's just these things. It's just this company. You,
2: and only this company. Yeah, only you, this company. It's like a. It's a very much like a. Two, like this would only happen to like 1999 to 2000 WCW. You know what I mean? You can like,
1: make up the th- that happened to this company. It's just it's it's crazy, you know. And they finally get a little momentum with Lashley. Lashley cut the best promo of his career on that Impact, and we saw about- <laughs> it
2: was in, the one in slow mo. Yeah,
1: yeah. We saw about 30 seconds of it, and then uh, you know. The usual people didn't stick around because they did a lower. They actually retained a decent chunk of. Didn't they do like two hundred thousand viewers?
2: For yeah, I think a lot. I think maybe it was a, maybe it was a ploy on their behalf but, to try to so get. So people lost, were into it. Yeah, they only
1: lost about a third of their audience. I mean, two thirds of their audience still watched it later. But they got a little momentum with Lashley. They got a little momentum with EC three, and it's just to the point where literally hours before these shows, they. But here's the weird thing, Rich. They don't have enough money to to to, uh, to conduct their to, to, to just to just put on their shows, yet they're offering six figure deals it doesn't make agents. sense. Where is the money coming from?
2: I don't know. And who would sign those? Like in, in what would possess you to sign these?
1: It's like one of those NFL contracts where you know damn well the guy's not seeing, you know, two thirds of the money. It's theoretical money that they never see. Like who would sign a six-figure deal with TNA right now? When the odds are you're not going to see – the company can shut down tomorrow. They have to find a way to tour India. I don't know how they're going to do this or they're going to lose their TV deal in India. They're at risk of losing their TV. And the TV deal in India is their biggest uh, uh, revenue – it's their biggest source of revenue right now. And if they can't pull off that tour, they could lose their TV deal in India. Then they're officially out of business. They will not survive without the India money.
2: No, we've always said that, that that's the tipping point there. The second India says, ah, we're done, they're done.
1: So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of problems here, and you cannot have arguably the second or third most powerful person in the company just spilling all of this dirty laundry on, on social media like that. Just, this is a fucking clown show. And we all knew that. But, Rich... We've known this for years and it just keeps getting worse. It's a bigger fucking circus. Every, how much? What else can this can happen? What else can they do? To, but they consistently find ways to look worse. That's how <laughs> does it happen?
2: I mean, then they s- I, did, I really didn't think it was going to be worse at like Dixie calling her bosses morons in an email because she tagged the wrong person or like Russo, like tagging Mike Johnson in an email. But like, you know I mean? Like every single thing that happens, you're like, I can't. That's it. Like that is the, the pinnacle of dumb TNA. It will never get worse than can't that. And Dixie then
1: fire this guy. Why wouldn't she fire this man? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, how does he have a job?
2: Because he's probably one of the only, like, responsible businessmen there. I don't know. He's not very responsible. But he's probably pissed off. He probably hates his job, too. He probably hates his life.
1: If he doesn't do that, no one knows about this story. True. Or it's far more low-key.
2: Yeah, or maybe somebody has it come out. But, yeah, he made it a lot easier for for you to know that that was happening.
1: I mean, this guy's got to go. And Arrow Lux apparently owns... The TNA name and copyright, which is fucking. They don't even <laughs> own the name TNA. It's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> and then held them hostage because they want to get paid. And there was another story too of another vendor or something like that going, "Hey, you know, in January I did this stuff. Am I going to get paid anytime soon?" And like, like I, I just can't ama- I can't fathom a working in that company, b wor- doing anything because you just you're not going to get paid. You know what I mean? Like, or when you do get paid, it's going to come in an envelope on like the random day that you didn't think it was. Okay, carry on. Now.
1: And the, the the biggest shame of it all is that Slamiversary was a pretty good show. I don't know if you saw any of it.
2: Uh, I haven't yet. I, I was actually planning on watching it in the next few days. I was going to look at, I was going to do the main event and like the first, the, the top two matches. I thought for the, sure I was going to watch. The main but.
1: event is well worth oh. your time. Um, excellent match. I had it at four, four stars. The tag team title match was an excellent match. The Hardy Brothers thing was the car crash that you thought it would be. Um, those are the only, and actually, those are the only three matches I saw. And I liked all three of them. I haven't watched the first half of the show yet. But um, definitely, and, and I was told that the X, everyone's saying the X-Division match was good. So that's four good matches. Now, from what I understand, the rest of it was absolute dog shit. But if you're going to get four good matches and you know that coming in and you can cherry pick them if you're watching it after the fact, there's nothing wrong with that. And the main event was excellent. I, I, everyone should go watch the main event. It was a very uh, intelligently worked match, too. Galloway hit the uh, whatever he calls his kick, the Claymore kick, I think he calls it. He hit that Claymore kick at the opening bell and then completely dominated the first, you know, 85% of the match. And then, uh, you know, Lashley like threw him through a table to the outside and uh, and then choked him out. But it was a very interesting story because Galloway dominated the entire match. He just couldn't put Lashley away. And they didn't do the tropes that you were afraid of.
2: Okay, good. They didn't do good. the
1: constant 10 counts with two guys laying on their back. They didn't do any of that. It was just Galloway kicking the shit out of Bobby Lashley and then Bobby Lashley just absorbing the beating. And then again, and then again, Rich, the heel just winning clean and being the better man, which I love. So, um, and of course, Lashley signed a new contract and Galloway has not yet. So that kind of explains the title change, you know, to some extent. So, uh, there's that too. Um, Bobby Lashley clearly enjoys working for that company.
2: Yeah, hey, go go for it, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, hey, they need someone. <laughs> they need someone that's going to drive the shift, because uh, there, there was a looting, you know, of course, in The Observer, Dave mentioned that there's a few guys that they've been trying to give big money to that are probably going to take lesser deals. Uh, we probably know a few of those names. Uh, they'll probably come out pretty soon. But it, it's just, it's yeah, there's been a bunch of stuff. It's just like, yeah, I don't, I just cannot fathom. Like, I'm glad Lashley enjoys it, but I just, I couldn't fathom relying my family on that company. You know what I mean? Like there are guys there. He
1: makes money in other ways. And it's it's an easy job because how many, how many, you know, how, how many dates do you work a year?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about those other guys in there. There, There's guys in that roster that depend on that check coming and that, that, that's a big deal to them. I would, I would do whatever I can to just say, you know what guys, Hey, no hard feelings, but I I can't do this. Like it's just, it's unfathomable. The, the, what goes on in this because it's going to come the time where they're just going to straight up not – I don't know. They they remind me – They, they I, but they I, they just always find a way to survive. Like I'm always assuming there's just going to be one day where they just put a sign up and then the thing just goes away and it disappears and nobody ever knows anything about it. And it's like, oh, yeah. But they just don't. They don't. They just always survive somehow. And it's – it's, but they always get in these situations. It's so weird. But this was just not a great week for them at all. And and it continues to just – anytime they get a little bit of momentum, they're, they're the – they're the most unlucky company in the world, but they also put themselves in the position to be this unlucky all the time, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's conflicting in that way because Garrett, uh, Garrett Kidney, of course, our, our fantastic TNA reviewer, was saying, oh, everybody's, you know, rolling their eyes at TNA when this was Pop TV's fault, this thing that happened. But it's just like it's so TNA, though, right? Like, even if it's not their fault, it's like, of course, this would happen to TNA. Like, it wouldn't happen to any other wrestling company. The show would just show fucking commercials for two hours or whatever. Only TNA would that be a problem. Only would there be a thunderstorm at TNA's TV station or whatever that prevents them from putting the, it. Only them. Nobody else would have this happen.
1: How many high-ranking office officials have to behave like children, though? It's uh, <laughs> all that. Vince... Whether it's Vince Russo attaching the wrong people to emails or, um, or, or Dixie Carter uh, calling television executives uh, idiots or this guy posting this stuff on social media. And there's other examples over the years. I mean you know, it's, it's – it's, it's, they don't conduct themselves like a professional company either. And that's actually a point Dave Meltzer has made over the years. Like who would want to do business with these people? <laughs> I'll tell you who. Shitty entities like Pop TV. That's who.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, imagine being like an advertiser or like a merchandiser or a, a, a building or what yes, you know. what I mean, yes, like I
1: can't imagine because they're only paying TNA three hundred and sixty dollars for thirty second ads. This tells you all you need to know,
2: and that's, and that's really bad. I mean, when you look at like ad rates that like you know us <laughs> that we get, like that's it's really we, like, listen.
1: We are legitimately on their fucking heels. It's, it's
2: not good. It's this
1: like, fucking podcast.
2: This we're us idiots. This
1: podcast almost it, it is very close to drawing. It's <laughs> like, really
2: not far. Yeah,
1: as TNA wrestling on national TV,
2: oh, on, as Wrestling that's been around for like ten years on national TV with the big like big stars. I mean,
1: think about let that oh, sink oh in. It's bit pathetic. <sighs> oh,
2: God, that's just <laughs> <laughs> they can't.
1: They can't get the mattress <laughs> ad we had earlier in the show. They
2: can't. They, get can, they can't get Casper mattress. That's about, Casper.com slash V-O-W, uh, promo code V-O-W, by the way. 50% they, off. $50 off. Not 50% off. Do not take 50% off your mattress. That would be uh, not good. $50, $50 off. $50 off mattress.
1: a mattress. Good deal. They can't get fancy underwear Mac Weldon. No. They, they, they get $360 television ads for a national television show. I mean, in reality, this company shouldn't exist. D- Dixie Carter is just stubborn. That's really what it comes down. Anyone else would have thrown in a towel a long time ago. A, a, a just an embarrassing, surreal, depressing yet totally believable week for TNA.
2: <laughs> all at the same the, time, and it's been a good week. They've had a good week, other than all this stuff. Like in ring, it's been great. Story good. They had a good. Yeah.
1: Pay, they had a pay per view get delivered for the most part.
2: It had a good build. It had buzz. People were excited about it. People were watching it. it.
1: Had it had legitimate TNA level, buzz. for TNA, it had good buzz. Matt yeah, Hardy true. is doing yeoman's work, gaining buzz. What, he, what he's doing is working. As ridiculous as it is, as wrestle crap as it is, for TNA, it's, it's, good, it's good buzz for them. I really felt like they had some momentum on their level going into that pay-per-view. And then I really felt like that was an important impact for them. And then something legitimately out of their control happens. And that's just bad luck, but I mean, it's just, that's, this, this company, that's just, they're, they're cursed.
2: TNA. Well, I'm going to miss them when they're gone, if they ever die. Because we always have, like, every few months we have these segments where we just we, we just talk about them. I <laughs> just love them. I know. We bring up stuff, like, we just bring up, oh, Dixie Carter sent an email and told them, called them all idiots. Didn't know that they were CC'd. <laughs> like, st- like, I'm going to miss that. Like, you're not going to get that from any other company. We don't get that from anybody else, but they, they're the gift that just keeps on giving. So the I lot watched I watch gonna... I
1: know I know we have a lot of wrestling yeah. always to watch. You really should watch I will. The the Lashley Galloway uh main event from Slammiversary.
2: If it's trope free, if it's it's free of those, then yeah, I will absolutely go I to think you'll
1: right actually way. I think you'll really like it. I thought it was okay. a very unique story.
2: All right, Joe, anything else? No. Okay, it has gotten much hotter in this room. Remember how I said uh, 70 degrees? I believe it's now 90, and I'm sweating (laughs) profusely. Uh, Again, I'll mention uh, that this episode was sponsored by Casper Mattress. Uh, Casper.com slash VOW promo code v and you save 50% off your next, or $50 off. I don't keep saying 50%, $50 off your next mattress purchase. And of course, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, you get that 100 night free trial. Uh, if you don't like it, they'll take it back for them free. So, Casper.com slash VOW, promo code VOW, you save $50 off your next mattress purchase. Joe, I will see you later. Rich, and, what? One, I'm one thought
1: to ponder before you end it.
2: Oh, no. Let me go. What
1: do you. Which number is higher, the number of people who will listen to this podcast or the number of buys for Slammiversary?
2: Oh, on question, this.
1: Is that easy, huh?
2: I think so, isn't it?
1: I think I might agree. I, thinking, I think I would I don't, agree.
2: I don't know if it's particularly close. What did uh, what did the last uh what was what did we say the last TNA paper? We're not really
1: getting numbers anymore, but they didn't Dave say that they were well, well, well Well look, he said Ring of Honor was easy, was number two, and don't they do about ten thousand? Number two on yeah. pay-per-view and they do about ten thousand? And they're the number two right now, according to last week's Observer. And I think uh, uh, last year or whatever, when they when they had uh, Bound for Glory or whatever it was on pay per view, didn't Dave say it was sub five thousand? I could be wrong about that.
2: If so, then I yes, we will beat it. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to see here. I can't find it. Out. All I can find out is they had seventeen thousand in 2013 for Bound for Glory, which uh, seventeen. 000. I'm going. So uh, that's not even that far. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure it's gone down much since then. Let's see. Well, let's,
1: the question for you to ponder and for the listeners to ponder, I would like people's feedback. Only we know our numbers, though, so it's kind of unfair. Right. But it, it's like um, I, I really wonder who – which number is higher. It's a, it's a, it's right. a fair question.
2: It's not out of the realm of possibility that we uh, do significantly better than what they do on pay-per-view, which is is, is amazing. So. Uh, any teenage uh, advertisers that want to advertise with us, we will uh, accept similar rates. Hey, we'll, we'll so, take uh, your three
1: hundred and sixty-four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah that will work for us. Uh,
2: we don't have to pay a, a legion of people, but uh, that'll that work if you could do that for us. So that'd be that'd be great. So uh, anyway, again for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Cretch. We'll see you next time on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast. Take
0: care.